Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of From the Lighthouse. I'm Stephanie and I'm here today with our excellent producer, Jimmy. Hi, Steph. And we are here because we are true crime maniacs. Yes. And we have true crime mania. And we want to talk about all the true crime things that we've been watching and Listen. reading and listening to in the past... I don't know, a few months, because there's so many and we feel like we may actually explode if we don't exercise some of these things. Yeah, I think we have a problem, to be honest. We have a problem. It's, it <laughs> might say something disturbing about us. Yeah, I try not to tell my students too much because I think they'll judge me. <laughs> well, the cat's had a bag now, Jimmy, yeah, since anyway. you are being publicly recorded. Um, so, we thought we'd start off with the big, kind of, big, 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 violent, horrible story. <laughs> and we thought we'd talk about the, the Ted Bundy tapes. Yes, which... I have to say, I did enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, so the Ted Bundy Tapes is a Netflix documentary. I also enjoyed it. I think it's three, three it's, or four It's parts. four episodes. Four yeah. parts, yes, about um, Ted Bundy and his crimes. I um, had some knowledge of Ted Bundy going in, but not mm. as much. Yeah, I had some knowledge, but there were a few things that surprised me, such as, for some reason, I don't know why I've never read up on this, but uh, that he escaped prison I know. twice. I know. I didn't know that either, and it was... The, the casualness with which they kind of treated him. Like, yeah. this is a dude that's been picked up for being a serial killer. Some of the most violent crimes in history, yes. Yeah, and they're, they're just like, oh, we'll just put him in this room. We'll leave him here. It's fine. Well, I think the part that's most tragic is that um, the crime that he's most known for, the um, uh, the Omega Kai murders, happened yeah. while during the second escape. Escape, yeah. So if he hadn't escaped that second time, there would have been, what, three or four women who, who are still be alive um, today. So that's, yeah. that, for me, was quite sad and upsetting that, you know, that this, this could happen. But the other part that completely shocked me, which I guess in a way makes me a little bit happy because it means I'm not that, that old yet, mm-hmm. is I didn't realise about the whole identification issue. So, um, you know, when they were talking about his ID card? Yes, it was just easy, printed out. <laughs> yeah, how easy it was to actually forge your ID back oh, then. No. Well, it's like, geez, you could get away with anything in the 70s, apparently. I know, <laughs> and I was just there thinking, well, no wonder, you know, crime was so prevalent in the yeah. 70s because we had this whole spree of serial killers happening around that yeah, same yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was just thinking, you know, is that a sign of the times? Um, did things improve quite a lot because of this whole yeah. spree of, of, of serial killers? Well, you can see there also, like, they took a lot about how he was able to get away with it because different states, policing departments, police departments yes. weren't talking to each other. So yeah. he just, you know, in order to elude detection, he just moved to another state. Yeah, which was something he killing. Yeah, which yeah. was something he knew because he had looked into that and knew that this yeah. was a um, sort of a gap in... Um, the policing system, yeah. and, he, and he played it. Um, I think the other part that really interested me about this series is how uh, he sort of defies uh, definitions of what a serial killer is. Mm. I mean, people get talking about you know, how uh, handsome he was and how intelligent he was and all that stuff, but I was more interested in the fact that he didn't seem to have any trauma which people often associate with serial killers. You know, that Although that's something they left out. Yeah, so I was, I was wondering whether that was a gap in mm. what they were trying to depict. Were they trying to show him as being too normal and therefore you know, the, the monster is amongst mm. us and it could be any of us and then nothing can really explain that? Or is there something more? I mean, I know that there's been some theories about um, the fact that his first uh, true relationship sort of, um, broke up with him during a particularly difficult time in his life and that sort of traumatised or triggered something in him because mm. uh, I think it was Anne Rule who wrote that um, the, book, yeah. the book that all his victims look like that girlfriend. Yeah, the, the, the straight hair part in the middle. Yeah. middle. Yeah. So there was that theory but you know, I don't think the series sort of covered that psychology. Well, what, this, what I discovered, like I did a bit of reading afterwards mm. um, and I discovered that actually there's also theories that his 
grandfather was sexually abusing oh. him or potentially sexually abusing his mother. Oh, okay. And that he was potentially a product of incest. Even. Oh, okay. So all of this is just speculation and none of it has been proven. But mm. the series doesn't really deal with that. And that's actually the only problem. I really enjoyed it. It had mm. the documentary as a documentary. It had lots of footage. It had lots of access. It had lots of interesting um, mm. elements to it. Um, and the, we should say the conceit is that the, the series is based on tapes that he yes. recorded to, um, he, he talked to journalists basically for about 100 hours. Mm. And so you hear a lot of his actual voice, which is really interesting. But I think the documentary sometimes takes him too much at his word. Like he, yes. he, presents, his, he presents his childhood as, you know, this idyllic, like happy mm. time. And then when you talk to people who actually knew him in childhood, they're like, yeah, it wasn't really like that. He wasn't this like... Yeah. happy popular kid he was a bit of a widow even then yes there were like red flags about his behavior even then so mm. you know so there were signs there were signs yeah. yeah and i think that potentially that is something that i would have liked to have seen more of yeah me too i think you know i wanted a little bit more into the psychology of him as a mm. um, as a person you know what compelled him and i think uh it's also one of the things I liked about the series is that you know, it, it, it didn't try to present a simplistic view of him. Yeah, that's true. That he is quite uh, a complex person and that he managed to trick some very, very intelligent people. I mean, uh, the one that surprised me the most was actually his um, some of his defence lawyers yeah. actually did believe he was innocent right up until his yeah. confession, which kind of surprised me because I thought... Yeah, uh, nobody how, believed. Yeah, yeah, I would have thought that nobody would have believed. Yeah, him. I would have yeah. thought that too. But you know, they they were uh, that last episode kind of really surprised me because I thought she was arguing all 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 the way up to the end that she thought he might have been kind of mm. innocent or at least not as guilty as they painted him out to be. And I think, yeah, yeah, no. So that kind of manipulation, I suppose, is is really interesting. And that's where, like, I think it was useful to have like actual footage of him because mm. they made the point that he looks different all the time, which he does. Yeah, I mean, and it's, it's quite it's like, freaky that he it's, did. It does. He does look different all the time. Like he has this ability to kind of change his appearance in this weird way, which mm. he like you can read about and go, okay, well that's a bit unlikely. It sounds mm. like a Superman Clark Kent thing, but like he actually does look different. Yeah. all the time. And the other thing that really shocked me, and it was it was informative having that kind of vision there, mm. is the judge at the end who sentencing him to death mm. for being a freaking serial killer who says something like, oh, you know, yeah. you would have been made a great lawyer. Yeah. I would have loved to have worked with you. I'm like, what is happening? <laughs> like, he cannot say, I mean, that's just mind-boggling. Can you imagine mm. if that, if he had been anything besides a white man, that would never have happened. But also the... <sighs> The triviality of the way that he treated the court and the way that it was allowed to be, you know, yeah. he was having a good time in court. He was having a ball. He was laughing. Yeah. You know, it was like, you know, oh, he was just having a meeting with, you know, Showing associates. off. And I was yeah. just like, but hang on, do people realise that they're trying him for, you know, a, yeah. as a serial killer? It was unbelievable the kind of um, things he got away with, even when his crimes were quite widely known. Mm. It, it was very, uh, I think it was very shocking, um, but... Yeah, I mean, going back to the whole disguise thing, yeah. the, the part that kind of had me laugh, but also at the same time very disturbed, is the fact that he could lose all that weight so he can squeeze through the, the air I was just going, wow, this is somebody who has really thought out yeah. how he's going to, you know, and, and he was, whether you like or, or hate him, he was very, very resourceful. Like, that's what he, I got out of the, the, the series. Yeah, he was resourceful, but at the same time, like, sloppy in a way like he's driving around with all of these things that like mm. obviously scream like i'm committing a murder i think it's the, i think it's the arrogance I, I it think, is arrogance yeah, yeah i think it's the arrogance that makes him a little bit you know sort of sloppy because he had gone away with so much 
Yeah. And he seemed to be tricking people left, right, and centre. And I didn't realise that. Yeah. And I mean, the, the like the one that we always think about the way he trick people is mm. like pretend to have like be injured or have a broken Which arm is just or a, broken a leg. Or, thing, you know, yeah. To do, but, yeah. Yeah. And so he obviously got very comfortable doing that. Remember the the scene in the park mm. um, when he he you know it was like a beach day or whatever, and he yeah. tricked two women into into helping him. Yes. And they were two of his victims. Mm. Um. So yeah, it. it it very interestingly made his resourcefulness and his intelligence manifest, but also at the same time his sloppiness and his arrogance. You know, like his girlfriend, for example, mm. had a lot of really good evidence for like his yeah. his weird behaviour. And you know, he was just as I said, driving around with it. Mm. So anytime that somebody looked at his car, they would see you know various weapons, mm. gloves, women's <laughs> pantyhose. You know, like obviously. Yeah, I mean. Uh... <laughs> One of the other part of the story, which they didn't, I mean, they touched on it briefly, but they didn't go to a lot of detail, and I would have liked more detail on it, um, is the fact that, um, I forgot her name now, there's a woman at the end there who was calling him all the way, yeah, and who he had um, sexual relations with, and actually ended up with a, a son. And how does that happen? And, yeah, that, I, I just kind of like, but... You're, <laughs> you're in jail. Yeah. Yeah, so he made sure, I think, bribe some of the guards to allow yeah. him, you know, conjugal visits yeah. with this woman. And, and I was just thinking about the psychology of this woman. She knew he, he's a killer, yeah. and yet she's okay to have this son. Yeah, I mean, again, like, I don't think any of this happens unless you're a white man. <laughs> you know, like, really? No, really. I mean, what, what privilege you have for people to know that you're a murderer? And you can defend yourself in court. Mm. Um, the judge can say, "Oh, it would have been great if you had chosen yeah. to be a lawyer instead of, you know, a serial killer." Mm. Um, and you know, the guards to treat you decently and give you privileges in jail. Yes. You know, it just, I mean, he got his own cell because he, he complained or something. Like yeah, that. he was. He thought it was terrible the way he was being treated yeah. in jail. Yeah, and I'm kind of like, uh, I'm sorry, you, you think yeah. you've been treated terribly in jail. Yeah, yeah, you poor thing. Yeah, I know. Come here, River. Yeah, absolutely. But like that sort of privilege is is a, is the white male privilege, mm. right? He's he's he looks not like a serial killer is supposed to look. He looks like a clean cut dude. He's you know involved mm. in Republican politics, and you know he's got law degrees, even though it's from the University of the Bondi. Yeah. <laughs> but um, which is kind of know. scary because it kind of suggests that you know people like that can get away with literal murder. Yeah. yeah, exactly. No, it was. I mean, I yeah, it sounds like it's it's a weird thing to say, but I really enjoyed watching it. Although I had a few concerns about mm. like just the amount of time they let him tell his own story. Yes. And the amount of kind of space yeah. they gave to his voice. I Although I did like that they brought in one of his survivors. She was amazing. She was fantastic. Yeah. Um, and it was a terrifying story that she she told. Him yeah. Another. So I loved that aspect of it, um, and I, I kind of wanted more. Yeah. Of that as well. So I wanted more of the victims. I mean, mm. I know it's a common complaint about true crime, but yeah. and I mean, I suppose because there's so many of these victims, although it sounds terrible, and it's easy for them to kind of mm. get lost because. You know, if there's one victim, you can kind of form an emotional kind of connection to the yeah. victim. There's so many, and they're so alike, as you say. Like it's even hard to kind of remember who is who because the photos mm. make and, and them all look alike. And there's also a lot of unidentified victims as well. Yeah, so. that's right. And we don't know. You know, there may be more that he killed that we don't know about. Yeah, because he claims he killed over a hundred. Um, yeah. Although that's never been substantiated. Yeah. But there's at least I think twelve that has been unidentified, which is yeah. quite sad. You know, for me, I think that's really, really sad. That is really sad, and, you know, we'll never know. Mm. 
and he, that might be again him bragging or you know at the well, end yeah. he does he does confess I mean he maintains his innocence throughout the tapes and it's mm. only just before his execution that he's confessed which I think was a, a bit to manipulate the system to yeah to allow him to continue living for yeah like I'm going to try because I'm going to you know suggest that there's things you don't know mm. about and yeah. that might prompt a stay in execution yeah but the other part that I'm also kind of disturbed by I'm not quite sure how I feel about it actually is the reactions to his execution. Oh, yeah, that was gross. That, that mob mentality. Like, yeah. I, I, I didn't... I People just selling like, T-shirts saying, oh, you know, yeah. enjoy the electric oh. chair. I mean, like, yeah, you know, he's not... Burn, a, burn or something like that. Yeah, I mean, this is this is an evil man who mm. caused the deaths of many, many women, but I never support the death penalty, no. and I would never, like, stand outside and cheer. And rally someone, for, yeah. for somebody's death and, and cheer for it. Cheer for it, that yeah. Man. I mean, he, it doesn't deserve... Our sympathy, but at the same time, we shouldn't exalt yeah. his execution. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a solemn thing mm. that that was happening, regardless of even if you you know think that the death penalty should have been applied, it's mm. still a solemn thing. And yeah, the people outside going, you know, burn and cheering and screaming out, enjoy hell and all mm. that. That that was very troubling. Yeah, I found that particularly disturbing. But I'm glad that the series at least represented that to show. Yeah. You know, other different uh, perspective as well. Yeah, and the series didn't, I don't think, ask us or, or align us to agree with those people. Mm, I yes. think the series did suggest that this is not an appropriate response. No yes. matter how you feel about Ted Bundy the person, it, it didn't show those people in a positive light. Yeah. Yeah, so ultimately, recommendation. Yep, two thumbs up. Two thumbs up. Two thumbs up. That <laughs> sounds weird, two thumbs up <laughs> two thumbs up. That's not what we mean. No, that's not what we mean. You should, you should watch it. You should watch it because it's, it's fascinating it. and... Yes. We'll fill your discussion table with lots of interesting topics to, to talk about. Exactly. Now, abducted in plain sight. Your I one have, of your favourites. I cannot get over this this <laughs> documentary. I was um, I watched it by myself, and I was sitting there in front of the television, going, "What? What?" Absolutely flabbergasted. Yes. What? <laughs> yes. So, for those of you who haven't heard, abducted in plain sight is another documentary. It's been not made by Netflix, but picked up by Netflix, so it's available now. Um, it's about a um, a man who kidnaps the same girl twice, who grooms this girl in who is part of a um, a Mormon family um, in the seventies, and he he grooms her and her entire family, and to the extent that they remain friends with him after it's clear that he has kidnapped mm. their daughter, not once but twice. twice. Um, and so this is obviously everyone in the show is, you know, 30 years older than when this happened, 30, 40 years mm-hmm. older. And so this is from, you know, from the perspective of hindsight and they've all kind of realised what has really been going on by now. But it is certainly flabbergasting to see this family accept into their life and continue to accept into their life a man who is clearly sexually abusing their daughter. Yeah, and a master manipulator. Um, yes. I, I think we should probably give a little bit of a spoiler warning because there's there's no way to discuss this Yes. series without no. actually talking about some of the uh, more baffling yes. <laughs> things that, yes. that occur. So if you are planning on watching this, then I would say skip ahead and then yes. come back to it once you've actually watched it first. But I think, you know, part of uh, part of the joy, joy is kind of the wrong word, part of the fascination with this series is the fact that it does just shock you into almost, you know, you're almost stupefied by the process. You're kind of like, yeah. what on earth is going on? So we have to talk about the affair. Yes, so this man... Has an affair with both of the parents. Yes. Both of them. Both of them. Um, both of them. At first I understood the, the wife. I thought, I went, okay, look, she said he was charming, blah, blah, that's fine. 
And then when he got the husband as well, I thought, what? Yes, but, and well, and both of them knew that he had abducted their daughter um, and taken her to Mexico and attempted to marry her. And they didn't report it to police until like, no, and much later. They 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 wanted not to report it to the police in case it upset him mm. and or his wife. Yes. Um, and oh. and the more baffling thing, they go back for more afterwards. Yes. Like they, she actually has she continues with the affair after, after. he's abducted her daughter again. Again, and yes. I, I sort of went, oh, what is going on? Well, I mean. Look, it's really easy to judge these parents, yes. and I do judge these parents um, <laughs> in various ways, but I think what the series does is demonstrate how grooming works because he's clearly, yes. clearly grooming the entire family. Mm. And, I mean, he, he grooms the, the, the girl herself. Um, Which is in, just a terrible... It's, it's so horrible. By telling her that she's been abducted by aliens and yeah. he's an alien and she has to breed with him, basically, in order otherwise to... The earth will be otherwise the Earth will be destroyed. And, you know... When and her sisters will get killed and abducted for the next course. It's, it's yeah. and really I mean, twisted. Seems, that seems really outlandish, but I can kind of understand, like, a young girl who's in this position of complete dependence on this man, mm. who the parents are saying, you know... And who trusted him. She trusted him. Mm. It's also in the 70s when all that UFO stuff was yeah. happening. Um, so I can I can understand... And also at that age, I think, you know, you... When an adult you tells believe, you something. Yeah, you yeah. believe them. You know, an adult yeah. tells you that you believe them. And, and you hear this mysterious voice that's telling you something and then the adult confirms it and you're kind of like, well, what yeah. reason do I have to doubt that? So Yeah, he sort of stages an alien abduction. Yeah, so I mean, yeah. I, I, I completely understand why she was sort of tricked mm. into the whole thing. Uh, for me, the more baffling points were actually the parents and you know, how they could have been so easily... Uh, or seemingly easily, easily yeah. um, manipulated. Well, what I think the series doesn't go into is the role of their faith. Yes, I think it, it does avoid that very purposefully. Yeah. I think um, there is a suggestion of a sort of correlation between that, yeah. the, the faith and the belief in another person in that mm. way. You know, that they're, in a way, they're both uh, they're manipulated in, in the same Way, way they, yeah. yeah, because of, of their, their inherent faith in things, and they taught to be very trusting. That's very part trusting, of their religion, exactly. yeah, yeah. Uh, and so they were easily tricked by this guy because, well, he seems to be telling them truths, or mm. his lies seems to be very believable, and he's always himself a response for everything. And the fact that he became a very, very successful car salesman should tell you how yeah. amazing he is as, yeah, a, as yeah, a master exactly. manipulator. Yeah, I mean, but at the same time, too. I'm also aware that there wasn't really even an understanding of pedophilia in the 70s. You know, the, the FBI mm. talks about that, that we didn't have a name for it, mm. that it was yes. just, it was something that people were just beginning to grapple with as a kind of, mm. um, as a concept. It's not like people didn't abuse children beforehand. Of course yeah. they did, but they hadn't kind of conceptualised it. I think it was also maybe um, the atmosphere was quite different, culturally speaking, yeah. because, um, I mean, I can imagine that, you can now go to Mexico and marry a 12-year-old, as yeah. he was apparently able to do yeah. back in the 70s. I mean, uh, I'm pretty sure it will yeah, change yeah, okay. drastically since then. So there seems to be a, a different concept of what is acceptable and what is unacceptable. Well, yeah. yeah. And so maybe we're looking at now from a you know, contemporary view of yeah. what is acceptable. And maybe back then... In, it was still unacceptable, but not to the degree that it's unacceptable now. And look, we know from like the things like the um, Royal Commission into um, Institutional Responses to Child Sexual Abuse that like children weren't necessarily believed, or that you know yeah. authority figures were, were invested with a great deal of kind of power, mm. and um, that the parents didn't necessarily know how to grapple with it or believe it or or anything like that. But it is certainly extremely disturbing. 
Um, well, they, I mean, the other point is that they actually dropped the charges on him the first they time. They did, yeah. And and that's why he was able to abduct her again a second time. Yeah, and then he remember he, he puts her in a um a, a school, a boarding yeah, a school, school, a Catholic yeah. boarding school, and tells them that he's he's in the CIA. Yeah. Like, it's just, you know, so calculating. Yeah, it, it is. I mean, it's absolutely, um, like for me, it was a very shocking story because I just thought that level of manipulation is almost unbelievable. And then he, he continues to do it after, you know, she's very um, together and successful now, you know, considering mm. what a terrible kind of upbringing she had. Um, you know, the woman in question is, she's an actress now and um, she's very, she's forgiven her parents, she's very together, she presents very well and, you know, she... And she raises awareness for... She does, She and and she did this series in a way to raise awareness. But, you know, when they have the court case, he shows up and starts, you know, harassing oh. her and just the shamelessness of this dude. I have to say, though, that was one of the most satisfying moments in uh, in the documentary when she confronts him yeah. in uh, in the courthouse. Uh, and then the bikers against child yeah, sexual yeah. abuse kind of I just love that. I was like, oh, my God, how wonderful. <laughs> I, love, I love these bikers, yeah. Uh, even their nickname, was it? Uh, uh, backers or something? Yeah, like, yeah. Bikers against child, child uh, abuse or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was kind of like, oh, what a wonderful group to have. Yeah, I know. Just and, follow you around, yeah. But again, you know, um, similar to the whole Ted Bundy thing, uh, his downfall was, again, his arrogance. Yeah. Yeah. He thought he could get away with it as he had done for so long, and then he. And you can see how he'd be lulled into that sense of arrogance by mm. just the sheer access. And then the fact that he did get away with it for what three decades or something like before. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so it's. And the only reason the abuse of her stopped stopped is because she got too old. Yeah, which for which me is was just, just disgusting. so disgusting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and one of the things that she said that for me was so heartbreaking was that um, for her, even to this day, she has never felt that kind of deep love. For another human being as she did yeah. at the age of 12 for, for this guy mm. and i just thought oh that is so heartbreaking because you know she knew that she was being completely manipulated and tricked mm. now but for her that experience back then was so real and so authentic mm. that she was tricked into believing all this yeah. that she was used and you know abused in this manner uh, and yet she didn't see it because you know she because um, she also didn't uh, corroborate with the police. She also basically said that you know, she went willingly and mm. that it was all you know, because of this UFO mm. alien abduction lie that she was told. Yeah, and it's only when she realised, you know, she I think she you know went on a date with another boy and she realised that the world, the world hadn't end, yeah. ended, yeah, that she realised, hey, I've been lied to. But that's what I think is so interesting about this because we now have the language and the understanding of all mm. this psychology, but they did not... Again, I'm not saying no. it's stupid, but that it was just not something that was in the public consciousness the way yeah. it is now. And so we can look at that and say, well, you know, look mm -hmm. at, you know, how blatantly he was manipulating the whole family, but I don't necessarily think they were equipped for various reasons no. to, to look at that in the way that we do. Yeah, and I mean, they were essentially tricked by words. I mean, he was a, a master user mm. of words. He was able to use language in a way to um, trick the entire family, mm. uh, and, and they... Well, why wouldn't they? I mean, they were they were close friends. They were you know, mm. they trusted him and everything. So it just seemed like the next logical step. So I think it's very easy for us to maybe yeah. judge it from this nice, safe, objective yeah, distance. Yeah. But I think what it does raise is you know the fact that we most of us uh, tend to be tripped at some stage by people. Yeah, <laughs> so and it's, 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 it's easy not to be taken in. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. So another. Another two another two thumbs up, or <laughs> well, four thumbs up, four thumbs up. Um, <laughs> for Dr. In Plain Sight. But maybe 
Watch it with somebody else so that you can share your yeah. shop and I, I think it's one that um, does get a lot of people talking uh, yes. because you just can't believe yes. that this would happen. And it does make you sort of reflect, uh, at least as well, on your own thoughts about all of this. Um, yeah, and the, these issues are obviously so forefront in the media at the moment that it's, mm. it's an interesting time to watch it. And I think ultimately it's actually quite a respectful documentary. Yeah. You know, it, it, it doesn't treat the uh, victims as gullible idiots or anything like that. It just mm-hmm. sort of tries to explain very logical Well, it gives terms. them so much space to talk. Yes, it gives them yeah. a voice, you know. Yeah. Uh, and so, uh, the, uh, I mean, I, I really sympathise with the girl, obviously. But I also find myself very um, sympathetic towards the, the husband. Because mm. he seems to be the one who realised before everybody else yeah, he that, did. that he yeah. was duped. Uh, and it was almost like he was trying to convince everybody else, but they went, <clears throat> Mm. listening and he, he was completely powerless because this guy had twisted the entire family mm. even even his daughter to believe that you know she hugs another man that yeah you know, that the, the world the would end. Would it, yeah and, and yeah. therefore she can't be close to her father i mean what a terrible thing to do to a child yeah i know it's just beyond mm. description i know it's 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 not easy viewing but no it's, it's not easy it's interesting and essential kind of viewing. yeah compulsive compulsive yeah that's yeah. a good word Okay, so next up on the agenda, uh, the agenda is one of my favourite series at the moment. It's called uh, Crimes of Passion. Ooh, Crimes of Passion. I haven't listened to this, although I do have it. I have like so many podcasts on my on my feed, um, so I, I do plan to listen to this, but I have not yet. So describe it to me. So it's a very new series at the moment, and it, it's just looking at... Um, it seems to be a pattern at the moment, so every story or every arc of the story is two episodes long. Um, the first episode introduces the, the setup, so this is the background behind all the situation, and then the second one examines the crime and the, the capture and the uh, ultimate um, solving of the actual crime itself. Okay. Uh, but the theme that uh, runs through all of these stories, well, all, there's only two at the moment, but yeah, <laughs> runs through these stories, are they have to be crimes not of passion from a legal perspective, but crimes between people who were at some stage passionate with each other mm-hmm. to a degree that it either causes them to kill other people together or mm-hmm. kill each other. Right. So it causes, uh, so the crimes happen as a result of an overly passionate mm. affair, so hence the, the title Crimes of Passion. Mm. Uh, and some of these stories are very, very unbelievable, just you know, in, in the same way that we've been talking about um, the Ted Bundy and um, the abducted in plain sight stories, in that you're dealing with seemingly ordinary, typical people. Mm who somehow find themselves in a relationship that causes some sort of strange, obsessive passion within them, and mm. then a terrible crime occurs as a result. So the first one is on the Noakes, uh, on the Noakes couple who had an affair with, well, he had an affair with um, a friend, a friend's wife, right. and then somehow brought her into this strange threesome. Right, yeah. Uh, and then she decided to leave the threesome, and they become obsessed with her to the point that I won't reveal what they did, but yeah, a crime was um, committed as a result of that. And the part that surprised me the most was that if they had never met her, these two loving couples would have had an ideal marriage. Mm. They would have lived you know, happily ever after. There would have been no issues. There would have been no crime, so to speak. Yeah, that's interesting. But this obsession with this woman who, uh, I mean, I don't know, anything about her, but the way the series painted her out to be is that she seems to be quite a narcissist mm. and she had, in a way, gotten them to become obsessed with her right. and then decided, no, she only wanted one of them and not both of them and if she couldn't have one of them, she didn't want any of them uh, and then this caused this strange fracture. 
to occur. The second story is about um, the story of uh, Jody Arias. Have you heard about that yeah, case? Yeah, yeah, very, very famous case. Mm. Uh, the details of the case was absolutely shocking for me. I, I didn't realize it had gone to that kind of extent. Mm. So, what I liked about the series is the fact that it actually uh, it provides you with a lot of insight into the workings of the relationship between these people, mm. and that for me is the most interesting part. How people um, get into these sort of relationships that are seemingly loving but mm. actually quite destructive yeah uh, and, and these are seemingly ordinary people so that makes it scarier yeah, yeah. it makes it very very scary because yeah as i mentioned with the, with the notes couple they loved each other dearly uh, and even right until the end he was doing everything he could to protect her right and she was doing everything she can to protect him yeah which is usually a good thing yeah, yeah. which is usually a good thing <laughs> but the fact that they were criminals yeah, makes yeah. it a bad thing and it was yeah. just it was such a for me tra- a tragic story because i thought Oh, these these two people would have been just so happy if they hadn't had this one event yeah. happen in their life. Wow! And yeah. this one event just completely changed their lives for, for the worse. And so, for me, the the series is is absolutely endlessly fascinating for that reason. And okay, okay. I've been just listening to it nonstop. So, two big, very enthusiastic thumbs up for, for that series. Okay, so that's Crimes of Passion. I will I will definitely listen. I will download an episode today. Um, so, can we talk about the dropout next? Yes. So, The Dropout is a podcast about um, Elizabeth Holmes, mm. who has been in the um, news. She was um, the 19-year-old Stanford dropout who mm. created a company called Theranos. And Theranos was supposed to be um, a drug testing, uh, sorry, a blood a testing company. That a really, revolution. Yeah, it was a revolution in healthcare because instead of, you know, the usual blood test, um, it was allegedly a system in which you could just give them a drop of blood from your thumb and any kind of number of diagnostic tests would be able to be run. Unfortunately, it never existed. There was no technology. It did not work. Um, she was a complete scammer. Um, it was crazy. What did you What did you think of this podcast? Well, I was hooked almost from yeah. the first episode because I just found it fascinating. First up, I found her quite fascinating and I wish I, I knew yeah. more about her. You know, I mean, a lot of people talk about the fact that she changed her voice. You know, that seems to be so she talked in yeah. this deep voice. Uh, and I actually looked it up on YouTube. You can, you can look it up. There's, there's an interview where apparently she, for about one second, lapsed into her normal voice and then realized what was going on and modulated her voice to go deeper. Yeah. So you can hear her just going, oh, yeah, yeah, I like it. Mm-hmm. But no, it was just. And apparently like, she lost it too when she like had a drink or something yes. or, you know, was in a social situation and she'd forget and then she'd have to snap back into it. Yeah. yeah. But that for me kind of reveals. The, the kind of depth that she would have had to think about what she wanted to do, that she wanted yeah. to put a, a particular image of herself, that she needs yeah. to sell an image of herself. And even the way she dressed, like she, she adopts like, jobs. yeah, she, <laughs> she adopts that black kind of turtleneck, you know, mm. um, black pants look of Steve Jobs, yeah. which again, it's just, um, it's a ridiculous kind of attempted self-construction. But I thought it was interesting that, you know, what she decides to go for uh, in terms of tricking the, the public uh, image wise wasn't what we would normally expect people to go for yeah like she went for the nerdy mm. intelligent mm. girl look mm. that's sort of somehow based on <laughs> Steve Jobs at the same time so so she was going for the intelligence and the innovative aspect of Steve Jobs but she was deliberately going for that nerdy aspect because because her voice was quite goofy yeah, you know, she spoke. It, it was a deep voice, but you know, she she spoke with this strange. It reminds me of um, uh, Bill and Ted's. Yeah, it <laughs> you know, is a little bit like yeah, that. Yeah, it's got it's <laughs> kind of got that little bit of that like, goofiness 
happening yeah. at the same it was, time. It was silly. It sounded silly. Yeah. It, it didn't sound real. No, it didn't sound real. It sounded almost improbable and, mm-hmm. uh, and a lot of people were stunned by this voice. And I was just thinking, is it either a stroke of genius that she, <laughs> that she came up with this, this voice or was it just pure luck? Well, I mean, she seems to, like, ride that line between genius and, like, complete idiot um, yeah. <laughs> throughout the whole thing because, you know, she's she's getting results. Billions. She's getting billions. She becomes a billionaire. She's, you know, hoodwinked Bill Clinton. She's hoodwinked, you know, former Secretary of State. She's, she's you know, got people all across the world investing in... Rupert Murdoch, $125 million. Exactly. Invested. People leaving Apple to go work with her. Yeah. I mean, she's she's a scammer of completely gargantuan proportions and so she's mm. a very successful scammer on the other hand you you know the the, the cognitive dissonance of like not realizing that it's going to be a problem for me that this doesn't work yeah you, you know it's, it's incredible but the baffling part is that she tricked people for not just a little while 10 years yeah it's not like it's like oh you know i've got this company invest yeah. in it and then you know two months later it all explodes the, com- the company ran for 10 years and it was sort of the toast of the town for 10 years yeah she's in being invited on the international speaker circuit that's where she gets interviewed yeah. by bill uh, bill clinton um she, she has wasn't she time woman yeah something like that yeah. yeah and then she's you know she gets this huge um contract with walgreens to have yeah. these theranos testing centers which are just not Scams. There's complete scams. Yeah. It doesn't exist. It's, yeah. you know, it, they're either testing the blood in the usual way or, or, they're, just, or they're giving them fake results, mm. inaccurate results that are, you know, could be very dangerous, obviously. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, it, it was baffling to me how she managed to trick people for so long. And we're not talking about, um, you know, your average Joe Blow. You talk, we're talking about people who are very successful in life. So, obviously, they've, they've made yeah, their, yeah. you know... They're intelligent, they're intelligent successful, successful people. people. And, yet she managed to not only fleeced them out of the money, but convinced them that what she was saying was true. So, you know, we have people like Henry Kissinger who would actually believe her over his own grandson, Mm. uh, which for me was just completely Yeah, and he he sort of goes into bat for for her over his grandson. Yeah. And, you know, the the bit, though, that kind of surprised me the most or, or shocked me the most is that scene in which, like, it only starts to unravel if you have a lot of contact with her mm. um remember there's that scene um in which somebody is is sending her email saying this doesn't work and she responds um oh i'm overseas i'm yeah. out of the office i can't and he's like i, I, can, like, see I can see you, you. Yeah. you're at your desk <laughs> opposite me in the corridor like i can see across the corridor you're sitting at your desk typing this i'm like how do you become i know that, that level that of incompetence yeah, it's, like, but it's, it's again it's arrogance it is um but it, it begs the question, how did she manage to do it? And that's the part that I sort of was unsatisfied with by the end of the series. At the end of it, I still don't understand how she managed to get away with it. Well, there's a book. Oh, there is. Yeah, okay. so John Carrier was one of the yeah. journalists who exposed her. Yes. He, they, they talk about how much she hated him and, mm. you know, would leave, like, chance yeah. about, like, take him down, we hate him. Yeah, that whole Nazi thing, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's written a book called Bad Blood, which yes. I want to read. Mm. And there's a new HBO documentary, apparently, about yeah. her, which is revealed more. And there's going to be a things. film coming There's going to be a film with Jennifer Lawrence. Jennifer Lawrence, yes. Yeah. Elizabeth Holmes. It should either be interesting or terrible. Yeah, yeah I know. It'll, yeah, that's right. It could, it could go, <laughs> go either way. Yeah. I feel like it's not going to skate down the middle. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like I, I agree. I think the dropout, I would have liked more. I mean, it's not that long. It's not that long. I, I think it could, it could have squeezed more episodes in there to get into yeah. the psychology of her. One of the um, parts that I found really, really interesting was the interview that um, they had with her old high school um, yeah. mates. Uh, and they talk about a completely different side of her. 
Yeah. And I found that really, really fascinating. How, how did normal yeah. side? Yeah. How did yeah. that, you know, um, ambitious, lovely girl turn into this fraudster? Yeah. They just seem to be. And quite quickly, because yeah. she was only nineteen when this yeah, fraud exactly. started. Yeah, exactly. So, so it seems like I mean, th- there was that story that um, her ex uh, classmate um, talked about her in a race, and she was always last in the race. But what she remembers that you know, she never gave up. Yeah. And she would always run and complete the race, even though she was going to come last. But that's like good. Yeah, it is. Yeah, but like, how but, does that turn into bad? Well, yeah. maybe in a way that's the justification or that's the explanation for how things became the way it was. Maybe she originally thought she could yeah. create this technology, but then when she found herself in the race, she just couldn't. Couldn't give up. You couldn't give up. Well, she, she seems still quite. She's still quite delusional about it. She yeah. still thinks somehow that it's fine. I mean, she could be going to jail for twenty five years. Yes. Such is the scale of the fraud. Yeah. But, um, but she's got a fiance now, and she's, yeah, she seems to be quite delusionally happy. Well, the part that I'm a little bit confused about was that uh, at the end of it, she was planning on uh, set, setting up another company. Yeah. But so I thought part of, <laughs> part of the whole uh, um, uh, SEC um, finding was that she was uh, she was banned from yeah. running another company for, I don't know, 10 years or something like that. Yeah. So um, I don't know, what is, what is she planning to do exactly? Yeah, I know. It's Just very odd. Puppeteer in the background or something yeah, like that? Yeah, yeah. It's really weird. And I mean, I suppose they're kind of... They kind of got out her psychology a little bit when they mentioned that her family was quite rich mm. and they lost their money. Mm. But that wasn't very dealt with at great length. And it was kind no. of thrown out as a possible kind of, you know, yeah. she saw how important success was to maintaining a, a certain kind of lifestyle. And so she really was driven to, you know, do that, to mm. become a, a millionaire or whatever, a billionaire. Yeah. But it didn't really delve into that. Mm at great length. I mean, maybe it's a kind of a case of she's so weird and she's, that, it's hard to that it's hard to understand her and she still insists upon presenting herself in a certain way. So it's yes. very, she's got a barrier between like yeah. the real her, I suppose, in the world. Mm. But yeah, I, I mean, there's so much material there I would have liked to, to yeah. heard more. Maybe that's just reading the book or clarify yeah, those right. things. Yeah. I mean, the other enigma is also um, the CFO and, and her lover, Sunny Yeah. I'm just again, but I mean, his defense, which is a valid defense, is that you know he, he put a lot of money into this company, but he didn't get anything back from it. Presumably, uh, why did he do it? Yeah, like that, that's the part that I'm again not quite sure about. By the end of it, I thought, well, why did he? He obviously knew all that. He, yeah, he knew. He must have known that it was not real. Yeah. yeah, and yet he just kept going with it for quite a long time. You know, almost mm-hmm. the, the, the complete ten years along with it. So again, I'm not quite sure. You know, yeah. I would like more detail, I think, on, on that. Mm. So they're my only really minor complaints, but I think it's a very, very compelling. Yeah, it's it's fantastic. You know, I was completely hooked and I just wanted more, that's all. Yeah, yeah so maybe a sequel, maybe a season yeah, two. Yeah, or, or we'll just read the book. Or we'll just read the book and yeah. watch the movie. Watch the, watch the, the yeah, the watch the HBO documentary. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of which, you've got Speaking a, of HBO, I have um, <clears throat> managed to acquire <laughs> a copy <laughs> of... Which we won't um, reveal how. <laughs> no. Um, of the first two episodes, the ones that have aired so far in the US, of the case against Adnan Syed. Mm. So um, this is the case that came to prominence with Serial and mm. kind of started the entire podcast boom, not even just the true crime boom, but the podcast the boom podcast, in general. Yeah. Um, so I have obsessively um, fo- followed what has happened <laughs> with the Adnan Syed case in the interim. I've listened to Undisclosed, which is the podcast. Is that- the trial still happening this year? No, um, no he, he has his right to a new trial, which he won, has now been revoked. Oh, 
recently, in oh. the past two weeks, because of a, a, a adverse judgment in in Maryland. Um, yeah. So they're still continuing to yeah. to follow different paths towards appeal. Anyway, so this is a a, a documentary that retreads a lot of this information um, that was you know presented in serial. However, I think it does a better job of than serial in some things. It does a better job of um, dramatizing Hay and Hay's life. Mm. Like they use these quite beautiful animations and okay. they have an actor reading out parts of the diary. Now this has been a somewhat controversial issue that mm. they've read out the diary um, because people were saying, you know, well, that's private. But I think it actually, it does do what Serial didn't do, which is make Hay real. Mm. Um, and it's quite beautifully written and it's quite beautifully presented and it really really shows you what a tragedy this was, that this young, sparky, intelligent, fun-loving, typical 16-year-old girl was murdered. Um, it also, so Rabia Chaudhry, who is an advocate for um, for Adnan and a friend of the family, her book, which I've also read, is um, the kind of what they've adapted. So there, there's a lot of, of Rabia, and it, and it does demonstrate the flimsiness of the state's case against Adnan. Um, there's few, so so far in the first two episodes, I've, I've loved them. It's been wonderful to see all these disembodied voices that you hear in serial and they put the faces to the name Asia. Gorgeous. Like, amazing. She's on fire, that woman. <laughs> um, and, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's instructive to see, you know, Krista and um, Debbie and all of these people that we became so in touch with during yeah. serial. So it's great to see their faces. Um, there's not much new yet. Okay. Although there is some things that really surprise me. One of them is that Debbie, who is a friend of Hay, yes. she hooked up with Don. Did she? After her murder. Mm-hmm. So she calls him, mm-hmm. right, in in this like, what's the deal, what's going on? Yeah. After Hay's been murdered, they end up having this seven-hour chat and then he romantically propositions her and sort of she goes to stay with him. This is after, at the time I was a bit confused, but it seems to have been after his body had been discovered. She goes yeah. to kind of meet up with him and she's really coy about, like she, at first she's like bragging that she has this photographic memory and then later on she says, oh, you know, I don't remember what happened in the end with me and Dawn. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, right, sure. <laughs> um, so that was very, very odd. Mm. And there's also a note in the file that says, nobody liked Don. Don assaulted Debbie. Oh. And that's never been, that thread has never been unraveled. Yeah. yeah. So that was new and odd and entirely unexpected. Mm. Um, there's also some stuff that's new for serial, as, as in wasn't in serial, it was in undisclosed. Okay which is the fact that Don's alibi was his mother and that there was a discrepancy in his time cards, yeah. which was his alibi for the murder. Yeah. Um, there's also, in the second episode, a real, a really interesting deconstruction of Jay's stories and the way they kept changing and morphing, as well as information about Jay and the way that he, you know, he was known for kind of doing this. Yeah. And there's also a really sad portion where this woman who... Um, has a child with Jay later on, you know, after the murders, when he's an adult, she um, is violently assaulted by Jay, mm-hmm. and um, he gets away with it. And he has this pattern of like, I think they list private investigators list like twenty five 
incidents, run-ins with the police that Jay has, none of which he was ever convicted of. And he got out of trouble a lot. So there is a lot of weirdness with Jay. There's a lot of weirdness with Don. Mm. Um, There's a lot of weirdness with Alonzo Sellers, who is Mr. S, the guy that was having a a, a lease in Leakin Park. And um, yeah, the streetcar who found the body. It's very clear when you see it that there's no possible way he could have found the body in the way he describes. Mm. It just doesn't... Yeah, I mean, Jive. look, this case is a really, really unusual case, and I think you know, there's good reasons for why Cyril became such a yeah. massive hit. It is such a compelling story. Yeah. yeah, and it's such a bizarre story as well. Like, I mean, even with all the things you're mentioning there, I'm thinking, wow, there's still more to the story when, yes. <laughs> that we're not getting. Yes. Um, and it's really, uh, I mean, you're sort of just giving a lot of background about things that I, I thought, like, wow, okay. Yeah. I hadn't thought about that. I mean, Jay has always been a problem, and I think a lot of listeners have. You sort of seen Jay as a, as a massive problem. Yeah, I don't case. think he's actually a problem in the way people think he is. No, I think it's pretty clear what actually. You think it's pretty clear? Jay. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, I would I would use the term professional weakness. <laughs> mm. Okay, fair enough. Um, well, I was trying not to go down that path. I was trying to. Trying yeah, to you're trying some... to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Be yeah. Coy I was, about I it. I was hoping. No, I was, I was hoping there would be some other. Yeah, explanation that no, I think it's a that isn't as yeah, yeah. yeah as infuriating. Well, as look, I mean, and the thing is, what serial, what I didn't like about serial, which perhaps is, is again a kind of function of time, mm. is that <laughs> they went into it with this assumption of the competence of the police yes. and the good faith acting of the police. But you cannot assume that anymore because both of the detectives, Ritz and McGillivray, mm-hmm. that were involved in this case, have been since cited for dozens. Of wrongful convictions, yeah. out and out lies, um, stitch ups, conspiracies—they are bad cops on any level. Massey, who also appears in the documentary, again has been um, apparently he's now retired and he's been implicated in a number of wrongful convictions. So the wow. Baltimore police are corrupt as all hell. Mm. Um, you cannot assume good faith. Yeah, and and it's no stretch to say there could be in a conspiracy. There have been in conspiracies. It has been proven. Yeah, uh, I think the series, I mean, serial anyway, does try to steer away from that. I, I yeah. think it tries to uh, portray a very respectful and yeah, and, and, one and of things possibly I that time it hadn't all come out. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and I think you know one of the things I loved about serial was the fact that it is very objective. You know, um, so. For me, Serial was, was one of the main reasons I started to listen to podcasts, mm. mainly because I thought, oh, this is what a lot of podcasts are going to be like. We're going to have these very uh, objective mm. perspective and you know, facts presented to us. Of course, you know, found out later with series such as the one that's just recently been cancelled, which we will not name, where they're completely biased and mm. uh, problematic. So I, I do like that aspect of Serial. Uh, but I can, I can sort of see what you're trying to mm. say there about you know, the fact that that sort of good faith with police does close a particular mm. avenue to explore with the case. The other thing, I mean, look, I loved Serial back in the day too, but I'm very critical of it now because mm. in hindsight a lot of these things have proven to be unproblematical, things that they didn't talk about. Like the, the lividity evidence on Hay's body would suggest that Jay's story is, is impossible because basically lividity is where your blood pools at the lowest mm. point of your body when you die. So she couldn't possibly have been curled up in the back of the trunk, as, mm. as Jay's story says. They didn't do delve into all that. Also, I don't think serial dealt with the cultural dimensions too. Mm. So what this what the um, 
this, the HBO series demonstrates really quite clearly is there was a lot of perceptions and a lot of Islamophobia that were folded into into Arnold's conviction. You know, the belief that was propagated by his teachers that this was a mercy killing, that it was okay. You know, I'm putting that in, in inverted commas mm. here um, in Islamic culture to yeah. to kill. I mean, I think they reasons. did. I think they did try to. They did go towards, towards it, but they didn't. Yeah. They didn't really unpack it very much. No, and, and I think part of the problem with it was that um, it, it's it's kind of hard to substantiate yeah, that's true. that. I mean, they, they did bring about, you know, um, I think Cultural, the most compelling part yeah. was when they actually interviewed some of the potential jurors yeah. and they were saying clearly very, very racist, um, racist yeah. <laughs> ideas and you're there going, okay, well, obviously, you know, this yeah, wasn't yeah. as fair of a trial mm. as you would like to be. So I think they did do it from that perspective. They didn't name it outright. Yeah. You know, I think they took a very, very... Um, mm. Uh, a conservative, I guess, yeah. approach to it. Um, I would have liked to have seen more of that, but I mean, I can sort of understand. Yeah, you're right. You know why they shied away from that, but I think the series does the the HBO series does a better job of probing at that and mm. thinking about that and thinking about all like the the community that Hayes from, which is also an immigrant community, versus the community yeah. that Adnan's from. It just, I mean, it does what's so good about. Serial, but I think it exceeds serial in, in pretty much every way. Um, and I'd be very interested to see what comes out of um, episodes three and four. They're hinting at um, uh, revelations in three about you know what the students were told, what day certain things happened that they don't remember things going that way. Um, and four, we don't know anything about yet. So okay, yeah, I'm really interested to see how it goes. Anyway, I believe. I've done this 100% innocent, so <laughs> that is my biased perspective on it. But I mean, I've done a lot of like, I've listened to all of Undisclosed, I've listened, I've read the book, I've, You've done you know, I've done a lot of research, I've been with this case, I haven't like <laughs> abandoned it since serial, so I, I feel like I'm in it, you know? Yeah, you know, I mean, saying I'll probably uh, watch it once it becomes possible to do so. <laughs> yes, yeah. uh, uh, because I have been following it for quite a long time as well, I mean, I've, I've been actually teaching it for yeah, that's right. Uh, a few yeah, years yeah. now as well, so it's, it's been something that has fascinated me and what interests me is the fact that it doesn't actually lose its fascination because I think until we figure out what's going on, we're probably always going to be stuck on some of yeah, these questions. That's right. And it seems to it's a case that seems to raise more questions than provide answers for. Mm. And I think that's what fascinates us a lot. Uh, mm. And I think for the most part we all do want to see justice. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And they and they talk a lot about, you know, Rabia talks about, you know, when you're involved in a wrongful conviction, that's the issue. The justice mm. hasn't been done. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think that we probably have to go now. Yeah. It's a um, shame I've got, I've got a few more, but we can maybe even save that for other. We can maybe <laughs> save that for others because I was actually thinking of a few more that I have been listening and reading to while we were talking. So maybe yeah. we'll come back with like. Maybe we'll come back with part True two. True Crime Mania part, part two. Part two, because, you know, there's, there's quite a lot of other podcasts I've been. I know, I know, on. I know. It's just. And we could talk about True Crime all day, to be honest. Yeah, I know, <laughs> like all day, just every day. All right. So thank you, Jimmy, for indulging me. Oh, pleasure as always. And um, thank you for to our listeners for listening and sending us feedback and comments. We always love to get them. So if you could please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, that would be fantastic. Five-star only reviews, thank you. I'm just joking. Um, and you can send any recommendations or um, comments or questions through to us at fromthelighthouse.org. If you have a favourite true crime property that you think that we would like to read or listen to or watch, then send suggestions our way. We might discuss it on True Crime Mania Part 2. Anyway, that's all for today. We'll see you again in two weeks. Bye, Jimmy. Bye.